In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The steward called every one of his master's debtors to him and said to the first, How much do you owe my master? And he said, A hundred measures of oil. So he said to him, Take your bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. Then he said to another, And how much do you owe? So he said, A hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, Take your bill and write eighty. So the master commended the unjust steward, because he had dealt shrewdly. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. This is the word of the Lord. If the seventh commandment is indeed to be believed and lived, it seems rather odd that Jesus' parable would center around a stealing steward who, knowing he is about to lose his job, steals even more and is then commended for his actions. Recall, however, that the parables do not depict reality. Quite the contrary, in fact. The parables of Jesus depict an outrageous God, an unwise God, and an irrational God. The parables of Jesus depict a God whose ways and desires are as far removed from yours as his person is close to yours. The parable of Jesus depicts God in how he differs from worldly expectations and human reason. Ought you assume that God, like the masters of the parable, commends you for sloth, for greed, for lust, and for theft? Ought you assume that God, like the master of the parable, is pleased when your actions are self-serving? Heavens, no. May God forbid that you do these things, and in fact, he does. However, God does, like the master of the parable, desire that mercy be shown even to those who have cheated him, stolen from him, and acted shrewdly against him. Indeed, he even desires life for those who put him to death. The master of the parable is pleased not because his steward cheated and stole, but because his debtors have been forgiven. How strange, and yet how beautiful this is to you, who certainly offer no reason that your debts ought to be forgiven. The steward could steal as much as he could for the entirety of his employment, and he could cheat his master out of many hundreds of millions of dollars. But the master will always come out in the black. God will always come out in the black because he has more to give than you could steal or cheat in a lifetime. Thus, you will always come out in the black because you are clothed in the red, the blood of the innocent Son of God 
poured out on your behalf. Christ is like the steward in a way, but he is much more shrewd. Instead of reducing the debts owed to the Father from 100 to 80 or from 100 to 50, Jesus takes the ledger, eliminates the debt completely, and even goes so far as to provide a credit. The father's response is much like the response of the master of the parable. This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. What is it that you shall pay for your sins? What is it that you must pay? What is the entrance fee for heaven? How much is the rent there? How much does it cost to attend the feast of your Lord's body and blood? Well, the answer to all of these questions is nothing. Nothing for you, that is, but it has cost the Father his Son, and it has cost the Spirit his beloved, and it has cost the Son his very life. For you, however, it is free. This makes no sense in the economies of men. Christ was moved by compassion. His mercy endures forever, and the Lord is more willing to give away his goods than to store them up. He throws everything into this sacrifice in order that he might purchase and redeem you. His mercy is great. His mercy endures. It is not changed by hell's wrath and rage or by your sin and unbelief. He is merciful, loving, kind, generous in his Son, and he has called you to be a recipient and a beneficiary of his kingdom, and indeed to even have a part of it. Joined then to Christ in his body and blood, you become like him. This is what he means when he says, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail they may receive you into an everlasting home. Who can receive you into an everlasting home but Christ alone? Who can be your true friend for eternity? if not Christ alone. Taking your sins upon himself, he becomes the man of unrighteous mammon. Taking upon himself your greed, your lusts, your cheating, and your thefts, he then credits you from the master's account. You become righteous through this friend and steward made unrighteous by his company. Likewise, being joined to him, you become a steward yourselves of divine mercy and love. Even so, it is nevertheless no compliment to you that Christ says, the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. On the one hand, it is good 
that you are a new person in Christ, set aside and apart from the sons of the world, and relieved of your debt. However, on the other hand, it is easy for the children of light to become lazy and negligent as they bask in the ever newfound knowledge that God loves them. See how careful and how shrewd the world is in obtaining and securing its own advantages and desires. From the world there is much to be learned about zeal. It is not enough to be steward. It is not enough to be the world. It is not enough to know what you want in this world. No, you must seek it. You must guarantee it. And you must obtain it by any means necessary. In a way, this is a lesson for you sons of light as you watch your more shrewd brothers around you. See with what passion and zeal they go about caring for themselves. In like manner, the children of light must be shrewd and devoted, not to securing their own wants, however, but of caring for one another and of proclaiming Christ in word and in deed. Do not lust after the goods after which the world lusts, Rather, lust after the way in which you can use those goods to the benefit of your neighbor. You must always remember that the gifts you have, the gifts you receive, are not yours to hoard. You are in possession of things not your own, and you are now the stewards of goods that belong to your master. You know that your master desires you to be shrewd. However, he does not desire that you be miserly with what he has given you. Give as you have been given. Give away the master's goods, for this is his utmost desire, in contrast with the behavior of the world. This is the glorious reality of your master. He would rather have all his goods shrewdly distributed in mercy than retained. After all, he himself says, whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. And again he says, assuredly I say to you, Inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Indeed, if the steward who acted deceitfully could be praised by his master for giving away his master's goods, how much more will they please God who do their works according to his command and who give of the richness he himself has supplied? Yet even more than stewards of goods, you are stewards of the love of Christ. As the world deals shrewdly in preserving and obtaining its desires, so too may you strive to preserve the desires of Christ, 
born from the love of Christ, which now resides within you. It is as the prophet Samuel writes of the Lord. With the merciful you will show yourself merciful. With a blameless man you will show yourself blameless. With the pure you will show yourself pure. Therefore, convert the shrewdness of the sons of this world into your generosity, zeal, and love. Cheat the cheaters, out-zeal the zealous, and lust for good against the lusts of evil. Let the love of Christ, which you have been entrusted with, shine in your conduct as holy sons within a world blinded by this present darkness. This is the will of God, that he give away his kingdom for free to those who do not deserve it, and that his children continue both to take from him and to give to their neighbor. May he in his mercy keep this ever before your hearts and minds unto life everlasting, that you may also be commended for being faithfully shrewd. Amen.